my name is Brandy, and I once ran a bookshop on wheels. Now I run a bookshop with an address in Edmonton, Alberta. The podcast you are listening to is about books, people who love them, and a little bit behind the scenes of the business side of running an indie bookshop during a pandemic, because you know, why not? If you're going to start one, why not do it during a pandemic? I also have a confession to make today. Two weeks ago, I watched Hamilton on Disney Plus for the very first time. I know, I know, I'm late coming to the party. Everybody else has seen Hamilton. They've been singing the songs, dressing up as their characters for Halloween. Okay, I just had never, ever seen it, listened to it. So I watched it and I loved it. Then I started listening to it and I have been listening to it pretty much nonstop ever since. There is even a period of time in the bookstore, usually it's the last hour of the day, where I switch the playlist and I play Hamilton. This has been very, very exciting. Many people are writing and saying, is today Hamilton Day? Are you going to play Hamilton? Is this the time I should come? (laughs) Who knew that to play this show tune was going to be such a big deal? The other morning, I even woke up and one of my very first thoughts was, my name is Angelica Schuyler. <laughs> oh my gosh. Maybe I need to take a Hamilton break. I don't know. That is just my confession of the day. All right. So today I'm going to share with you an interview that I did with Latanya Devon. Latanya runs Bronx Bound Books. And her passion is to take books into neighborhoods that need them the most. She believes every neighborhood in the Bronx deserves a bookstore even if it's just for one day. Latanya is passionate. She is dedicated. She is all the things you need to be to run a bookshop on wheels. And let me tell you, this girl's got it all. So I hope that you love this conversation. I hope that anybody who was listening, who was thinking about doing a mobile bookshop, pays close attention to see all of the grit and the perseverance and the determination that you have to have to make this thing work, Latanya's got it in spades. So here you go. Here's my conversation with Latanya. Now, okay, so you and I know each other because we have gone back and forth on social media for a little while now and cheerleaded for each other as we have transitioned in all the different fun things we do for our bookish businesses. But for all the people listening who don't know, can you tell us a little bit what Bronx Bound Books is? Bronx Bound Books is a mobile bookstore working to convert a bus into a bookstore that'll travel around the Bronx, uh, making a bookstore available to everyone and anyone in every corner of the Bronx. Right now, um, the Bronx only has one brick and mortar bookstore, and there's like 1.4 million people in this borough. One bookstore. One book, one brick and mortar bookstore. For all of those people? For, for all of the people. <laughs> oh, how is that possible? What, what's going on over there? Um, not really sure. Uh, for me right now, the why that's happening or why that is isn't really a factor. I know that it's happening, so I wanted to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, because... I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about you is you see a gap and instead of saying, oh, bummer, that kind of stinks, you do something about it. 
You said, no, 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 that is not good enough. We need more access to books. These people are readers. I got to get them some books. Yeah, yeah. There's a misconception also that people in the Bronx don't want to read, but I meet them every time I'm out. I'm so proud of you for doing all this. A lot of people, I think, would probably see that need and go, oh, well, I hope somebody does something about it. But instead of just seeing it, you have not only had the vision, but you have followed it through with all the things you've had to do from your initial idea to getting the books and then, you know, getting the bus, the whole thing. Like, it is so exciting, LaTanya, honestly, to watch it from my side. Wow. All I can do (laughs) is cheer for you. Because you've been there. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. (laughs) Just, I guess you see it from the outside, even though you were just once there. I was just so happy to come across your um, your podcast first, and then I went to your uh, to your face, uh, your Instagram page, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, my kindred spirit sister!" <laughs> you found the podcast first. I did because I googled um, a book shop <laughs> or oh, a bookstore. Yeah. I think it was, and those exact words led me to you because you know when you're doing something like this. There's hardly anyone else out there that that's doing it this way. And, you know, looking at another business model for a bookstore, it's cool and great for like the preliminary information. But as far as uh, the bookstore on wheels, that was very specific and very, very hard for me to find information on. And you were the first. And I think um, go, go book truck. And then uh, uh, I think it was River Dog. Um, mm-hmm. yep. dog books. Yeah, and there's I did you talk to Iron Dog books in BC? No, I did not, but they they were someone I found as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's a small little group, right? That's very niche this little market. <laughs> we're, it's like we're all in different places, but the the why is pretty much very similar. Like we just want to make books accessible to the community. And make yeah. book buying easier. <laughs> it's true. And I think I think you do have to think out of the box like that sometimes. That you can't just always do what's always been done. And because yep. you're right, doing something like this is a very isolating kind of business model. Because there aren't a lot of people who get it. They don't, no. they don't understand what you're doing. They look at you with those raised eyebrows. And, <laughs> you know, it's a very, it's a very kind of lonely experience. Yeah, I think entrepreneurship to a certain extent, until you find your tribe, if you're lucky enough to find your tribe, it's kind of a a lonely thing because I come from a family that everyone works, you know, a regular traditional job. You know, they do their nine to five and they come home and then they wait for those two weeks they have off and, you know, they do the same thing every year and that's great for them, but it wasn't really something that I was looking forward to in life. I wanted to get up. And do something for my community every day. Yeah. I have a background in accounting and uh, payroll and all of the, you know, financial things that a company would need. And I remember one time my supervisor, the CFO, she was like, Latanya, you need to become a CPA. And I'm like, miss, I don't want your job. <laughs> I don't want to be you. You know, there's nothing wrong and there's a, a, a job out there for everyone. But being in a traditional work environment just wasn't for me. And I knew mm-hmm. that being 
a bookstore owner in some capacity was the thing for me. Uh, every time I would quit a job or transfer jobs, my close friends would say to me all the time, when are you going to start the bookstore? When are you going to start the bookstore? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I can't afford it. <laughs> my friends are like, you know, you keep switching jobs. You know, when are you going to just open the bookstore? And I'm like, well, gentrification is happening in the Bronx. And there's so many vacant storefronts. And I didn't want to be a casualty to like, you know, thinking that I'm just going to run this business. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into having a brick and mortar. And I didn't, I didn't want to close. <laughs> if I did it, I wanted it to be successful and accessible to the, the community. But, um, gentrification is really happening in the Bronx and it's hitting a lot of us, you know, a lot of businesses really, really hard. And I just had to find a way that I wouldn't need a brick and mortar and getting people to understand what it is that I'm trying to do. They're like, oh, so you're just going to deliver books. I'm like, yes, but you can go on the bus and you can shop inside and things like that. And I'm like, okay, tiny house. Have you seen tiny house? Think that but in a bookstore. And they're like, oh. So people are getting it. People are getting it. Yeah. And I think if they don't have any context for it, they really do not know what it is when you're explaining it. They can't They can't picture it. Once they see it, they'll know. Right? And yeah. I think that because you're thinking out of the box and having to paint the picture for them. I remember getting those questions all the time. Well, what do you mean? They they actually come inside. I said, it's a store. You they literally go into a store and you shop and then you get your books and you go out. And they're yep. like, so you're going inside. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> just come by, just come by. This is where I'm going to be. Find out for yourself. <laughs> yes. Because when you're uh, thinking of it, it seems like a very straightforward idea. It does. It absolutely yeah. makes sense to me. But what's going on in my brain doesn't really transfer well when I'm just using words. So I'm realizing people need a visual. So yes. um, I've shown people yours. I've shown I've shown people your your book truck. And I'm like, oh, this cool. is something that I'm doing for. yeah or go go book truck and though I actually used um, for my business reveal that had a a vision board. And mm-hmm. I actually like printed it out and handed it out to the people that came and said, this is what I want to do because it, it just couldn't, they just couldn't get it without a visual. And you had the, the Daisy chain book truck there on your visual mm-hmm. board. Mm-hmm. Get out. That's so cool. Before I, yeah. Before I even spoke to you. Mm-hmm. That I'll is the wickedest. <laughs> oh, I love it. If anything, if I could have given them a vision for what you were doing because they needed it, if I could have helped you that way, I'm thrilled with that. This is like our, our, Brandy, our conversation is like, I I can't even explain how, like, I'm not like one of those mystical, manifesty kind of people, but... This is like a true manifestation of, you know, endless possibilities because you're someone that I would like, I would listen to and like follow on Instagram. As you know, I would like, like your, your, your stuff. And then I found the courage to inbox you. And then we've been talking ever since they say Mm -hmm. it's never meet your heroes, but like you like totally debunk that whole concept because you're as inviting as I thought you would be. Oh, you're so nice. That's so nice of you to say. I I feel like I'm kind of fangirling on you 
because <laughs> I watch what you're doing and I see the struggle and I see how you're raising funds and building it all up. And I know all of the struggles and all of the dreaming and the hopes and the process. And I just feel so much excitement for you. And so to be able to, to talk to you and to, I don't know, tell you with my own actual voice instead of just sending a text or something, to actually say it, I just feel so privileged to be able to have the conversation with you about that, where I can tell you in person, sort of, <laughs> that I am so proud of you. Thank you. It means a lot. Because like I said, you, um, I also have a, a girls mentorship program called um, the Hate Girl Collective. Um one of the things that we tell our girls is that um, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And I live by that. Like you, your book truck and not even just, of course, the, the, the book truck. But when you said in one of your podcasts that you don't call yourself a bookmobile, that resonated with me so much. Those little key things to get people to understand what it is that you're actually doing because yeah. people do think that oh you're just going to give away books I'm like well I'll have some books to give away but it's a bookstore on wheels right yes money must exchange hands (laughs) yeah yeah and you know I'm all for the community and things like that but um it's kind of hard for me to accept money but you know I'm getting over that a little bit quickly because these bills (laughs) are (laughs) like storage bills right now but I'm fortunate to have um, received a grant from Lowe's. And um, as soon as it came in, I, I bought the bus. You did. I saw the picture. Yeah. You had the key. And I yep. was like, oh, my gosh, she has it. She's actually got it in her hand. Yes. Yes. So yep. then what stage are you at right now? So I uh, have an interior designer. She's awesome. She's take charge. Um we are getting the seats removed. Hope well, the snow. We just have this crazy snow going on, but we're taking pictures. And um, once we can get the scheduling down, you know how that goes. Just scheduling everyone that does the thing to oh, you know yeah. their own job with the bus. And we're going to different um, contractors. So like, there's someone that's taking out the seats, but that's not the same person as putting in the shell. He's definitely not the same person that's gonna paint or lay down the floors. So um, (laughs) it's a it's a process, but right now um, this week coming, we'll be taking out all the seats. Wow! Yeah, so it's not a school bus like I originally wanted, but um, you know, COVID taught us how to reimagine. Yes. So I had to reimagine the 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 concept. After I've already, you know how like creatively spent you are when you're just creating something like this. Mm -hmm. So COVID happened and I'm like, I have to like reimagine an already reimagined concept. I don't want to do this. You know, I'm going to just burn all the books I have and just say, forget it. (laughs) Like I tried. (laughs) I, I, I was ready to give up. I'm like, no one told me about a pandemic being in the forecast. You know, and not, I'm not the only one, you know, that's been suffering because of COVID, but um, it really did uh, change a lot. And uh, it's no longer a school bus. It's actually a shuttle bus 
16 passengers. Ah. Yes. Yes. That is, you know what? It's so funny you say that because with the truck that I had for the book truck, um, mm-hmm. I used to go, when we went on vacation, I used to get on the shuttle buses and I would mm-hmm. get in and off them and I would test them all and I would look at them all and I would think this is exactly what I should have had. Really? Why do you yeah. say that? Well, because of the the weather situation. So with the shuttle bus, you have the ability to open and close the door and people have like, there's a step that's built in so you can get in and out easier. Um, there was just so many ways it was wide enough. It was tall enough. It had all of the things I wanted. Um, it was some of them. I mean, there's so many different models, right? But yeah. the really, I think that was a very smart idea. And I yeah. was in a shuttle on our vacation. I was like, oh, and I was totally <laughs> I was redesigning it, standing inside. And my husband's like, um, we really have to go. <laughs> Okay, I just, I just have, I just want to get an idea. I'm just standing inside, picturing the shells, picturing the whole thing, and um, it seemed like that was a really, really smart vehicle for what I wanted to do. I'm so glad that that's what you're choosing. Yeah, I, I lucked out. Um, the person who sold it to me, he had a contract with the school systems that he lost because he couldn't transport kids back and forth to school due to COVID. Mm-hmm. So he sold it. And when we pulled off with it, two people tried to buy it from us. We were gassing up. <laughs> what? Coming around the corner from where we picked it up from. We were what? gassing up. We're pulling into the parking lot. I'm pulling into the gas station. And someone, like, waves us down. Because we still had the for sale um, signs on it. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so they're like, how much do you want for it? I'm like, no, we just bought it. Get away. And then, <laughs> and then when we're gassing up, you know, just standing there, putting the gas in the bus, someone's like, oh, man, that's for sale? Wow. Well, how much? Hey, take my number. I'm like, it's not for sale. It's not for sale anymore. It used to be parked outside my house, and I would see people taking pictures of it. Oh, my gosh. You left the sign in it? It's really cold out, so like standing out there scrubbing off the marker that people write on the buses with or vehicles that they're selling, it's kind of hard. Oh, to get so off. it wasn't just like a sign hanging in the window. No, it was written oh. on the window. Oh no! <laughs> but like, I would look out the window and I would see people taking pictures of it. One time, I was in there like wiping things down and just sitting down, just thinking, and. I'm looking out, and there's a man with his nose pressed up against the window. <laughs> I'm like, it's mine. This is my bus. Leave me alone. <laughs> Back off. Get your own bus. Oh, Get your own God. bus. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and so, so. And you have all these books already that you have received, right, that are in storage. Yes, I'm on my third storage unit right now, and Good I really heavens. need these books on this bus. And so then how many books do you think you'll be able to fit inside your bus? That part, I'm not sure yet. I'm hoping about um, 3,000. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of COVID, 
I'm creating outdoor reading spaces. So anytime there's a farmer's market, um, I'll pull up and I'll have uh, patio seats available with, of course, the wagons. But um, people can shop outside and inside because, you know, social distancing. Right. Yeah, that is kind of a game changer, isn't it? I think mm-hmm. back to the first year when I had the truck and we didn't have to worry about social distancing at all. And then the second year when that was such a big issue and people were lined up outside the back of the truck waiting for their turn because you can only have one or two people in there at all. And before we used to pack them in, it, it mm-hmm. really does change how you decide to market it, how you make yourself available, what it looks like to be present for the readers who yeah. are looking for the books. You shouldn't have to travel so hard. I believe that every neighborhood deserves a bookstore, even if it's just for one day. I know. I love that quote. I think <laughs> that's you. such a fabulous quote because it's true. And mm-hmm. a, a community that has a bookstore is so much more alive, even if it is yeah. just momentarily. Right. It gives yeah. them something to look forward to. And if you have, I don't know if you're planning to do like a schedule or how it's going to work, but when people know mm-hmm. that you're coming there will be that excitement and that enthusiasm towards the bookstore there, which will come with you. There's so much excitement. Some people come to every event that we we're, we're attending. Some people follow us. They come out. Uh, It's always fun to meet our Instagram friends and our Facebook friends. And that's the coolest. And you're also doing what you call book talks, right? Digital, digital storytelling. Is it on your social media? So we've done, um, a digital story time where either you're an, uh, an author and you come talk about your book and you read it. Um, and then book talks where we invite an author, you purchase the book and then, you know, you get to have a, a conversation with the author. That is awesome. Yeah. We haven't done any um, online events this year yet. I'm just filling up the calendar for, for springtime and independent bookstore day and, bookmobile day and things like that for April. So I'm taking the time to really focus on the design. I made like mm-hmm. a last minute change. I'm like, you know something? Hmm. She's like, what, Latanya? <laughs> I'm like, thinking about the shopping experience. And I think I want this to be changed and that to be changed. And she didn't like, um, she didn't reject my request because it made a lot of sense. Like I'm mm-hmm. even um, changing the, the muffler to face the street so if you're oh, waiting good. on the outside in, you don't have to suck in all that exhaust so there's a lot of different things and I'm just thinking about the buying experience and how to make my customer really happy and eager to come back oh you are doing all the right things thank you <laughs> that's that's brilliant because you're right the shopping experience in a in a bus or a truck is very different from other things you do have to consider so many things Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the muffler. Who else would have thought of that? Good for you. Good for you. Brainstorm. Because, you know, I'm think, I, I'm that customer. <laughs> um, yep. You know, my, my kids. And, you know, we have a very high asthma rate in the Bronx as well. So there's a whole lot of different things that I really want them to realize that this is yours. I named it Bronx Bound Books. Not because, you know, calling something the Bronx was a fad or a fashion statement or what have you. But this is this book bus belongs to the people of the Bronx. This is for you. The books are curated for you. Whenever you want us, if, if it's possible, we'll be there for yes. you to buy books and encourage book ownership. Oh, 
Yes. Yes. All those things you said. Yes. I love all of it. I think this is brilliant. And and you just on your own, you must, I mean, you have a huge love for books, right? So yeah. do you have, I mean, I know you're busy and life is crazy and full and all the things, but do you ever get time for yourself to read? Do you ever get to like sit down and just relax with a book? Not as much as I would like to. I'm reading um, more technical stuff, like business books. It's funny because I could eat those books, but like I don't read as much for pleasure but I try to get one book in a month. I just read um, Grown by uh, Tiffany D. Jackson because I, I honestly want to do a book talk around around the subject of uh, statutory rape and um, dating someone older and all of those things. And I just want to um, probably market that to like different churches and girl groups and stuff. So I read it because I was interested in the story <laughs> and because I want to see how I can use this for the community as well. Good for you. Thank you. Oh, I love it. And wait, let me backtrack because you said you were doing a girls mentor program. Yes, it's an internship program that also also mentor mentors uh, women, young women, um, college and high school seniors to become um, social entrepreneurs or think about uh, community in that way from that lens of social entrepreneurship. And what made you decide to take on that with everything else? <laughs> I have uh, some friends that I, I met through a business accelerator. Uh, Lashana, Constance, Marilena, and Makita. We all uh, went through a business accelerator. And after it was done, um, we would do our check-ins. We would check in on our own. Every Tuesday, we would meet up and, you know, our highs and lows of our individual businesses. And then COVID happened, and then we, it all affect, it, it affected us differently. But we did notice that SYEP, the Summer um, Youth Employment Program, it was canceled, and they lost a lot of funding. So we wanted to do something for the young people that, didn't have a job so that's where we started the hey girl collective the hey girl collective yeah <laughs> okay i could not love that name anymore <laughs> because you know when you hear hey girl it's so yeah. inviting and it's like welcoming and you know like you just can't help but like feel embraced i've noticed i i have two daughters 21 and 19 mm -hmm. and I noticed as they get older, the conversation that we often have is about the struggles with being a woman or being a girl and facing all these challenges and stereotypes and the mm -hmm. negative ideals that people have for what you should or shouldn't do. And, yep. you know, it's, it's so ironic to me that I've been talking to young girls for years and mm -hmm. now as a woman in business... I get flack on a regular basis about being a woman in business by usually by men, but people just don't think that you have what it takes or that you're just doing like a little hobby or they kind of pat you on the head and give you like a tisk tisk. It's, it's kind of still shocking to me. Yeah. I feel like not only that being a mom. So I feel like, me personally, I can only speak from my own experience. I was just given an option of like, follow your dreams or be a mom, like both never exist to people. 
And people huh. can't understand that I'm a mom and I have three children. They're like, if they see me with one and they're like, oh, okay, you have one child. It should be easy. I'm like, no, I have three. <laughs> I have a 16-year-old son, a 12-year-old daughter, and a three-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And they feel like a mom, I guess, shouldn't be following their her dreams. I'm not really sure, but it always surprises people when they see me out in the community and I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm also a mom. Oh, like you can only be one thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's so bizarre. Do you know any yeah. woman who is just one thing? No, never. But no. I think following your dreams, because I feel like a lot of times we're conditioned to believe that once you're a mom, that's it. That's you can't, you know, open your no. bookstore or, or you know, your yarn shop or whatever it is that you want to do. Right. You can because you're a mom, so you get a job or you stay at home, but you're always a mom and that's it. No, you and you know what, Latanya, you're you're not wrong because I think that that is actually that's actually accurate. And I think the the bizarre thing is is when it comes from other moms. <laughs> right? Like when they <laughs> expect that you're only going to be limiting your life because this is your role now. But right. you you get to change that whenever you decide. Yep. And if you say, yep. okay, my dream is to have this bus and to take books to communities in the Bronx, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And mm-hmm. I'm going to take my kids along the ride so they can see what a strong, confident, powerful woman can do in this space. Yeah. Well, why can't you do that? Of course you can. My three-year-old, like, I try not to bring books home. That's one thing. Like, if I'm not going to read it, or if they're, like, donated, I try to go straight to storage or meet people at storage. I try. But sometimes a box of books <laughs> slips in. And then my son, my three-year-old, he'll go up to it. And sometimes he'll say, hey, I got books for sale. I got books. <laughs> Mommy, you should, you should do it like this. And I'm like, wow. He doesn't even know what I do because he, he's around per se but he doesn't come out to a lot of the events because it's just hard for me to, to watch over him but mm-hmm. he's using his imagination he knows what Bronx Bound Books is he knows the logo Yep. <laughs> he can't, can't fully read yet but he's imagining what he thinks I'm out there doing and he will always grow up and he will know that his mom is making this possible Right? Nobody's ever going to yeah. be able to tell him that you can't do it because he's going to say, are you kidding me? Look at my mom. Right? Yeah. You're setting a legacy and you're modeling what is possible, which is such a strong message. That's what I wanted to do. I, you know, I was in the accounting field for various nonprofits and private companies, and I'm checking the checks and balances on another person's legacy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's a lot of money here. And this <laughs> is for this person. It's usually a he, sorry, but it's true. But it's yeah. usually for his great, 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 great grandchildren. Wait a minute, what about mine? Right. And if I'm not going to be rich, I'd rather be happy. And I feel like that is priceless. That's a beautiful statement. I wasn't happy going to work every day, not because I didn't want to work, but it just didn't feel... It didn't, it didn't feel and it didn't fill my heart the way it did, the way this does. Right. You know, I can be tired 
you know, lifting up boxes of books, but I know where that pain is coming from and it's worth it to me. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm not as tired. I don't dread Mondays anymore because every day is just something new and something different. And I get to speak to people like you and it's just a a, a beautiful decision that I did make. Well, and I think, I think you nailed it because I remember being on a, on a podcast and the host was saying that you don't just want to trade dollars or hours for dollars, right? You want to do something that fills a passion within you that you have to put out into the world. And I think so many people just kind of squash that down because they think they have to do the nine to five thing and they have to just do what's expected of them and just toe the line. But if it is in you, I think that like you've demonstrated, you owe it to the world to say, I think I want to do this thing. And people will go, um, yes, we want to jump on board and support you because we love that you're doing this. Yeah, it's so true. My friend, it's, it also matters who you have around you as well. Your friends will will show you sometimes, like, uh, yeah, we knew you weren't going to last that long. Yeah, this is a great job. You like it for now, but this is not what you're supposed to be doing. (laughs) You know, I've had, like, I worked at three museums in one year. My friends are like, how did you even get one job at a museum? Where do you go to find a job at a museum? (laughs) But, um, you know, um, when I quit that, my friend Vanessa was like, so are you ready? Are you ready to start? (laughs) And I'm like, you know what, Vanessa, I don't know how I'm going to do this. You know what? I'm going to do it pop-up style. And I'm like, wow, books are really heavy. I don't know if I want to carry books for a very long time. I have to find a way. And then she actually showed me, um, go, go book truck. Oh, Vanessa. Yep. Vanessa and then from that then on they go go book truck and I think I heard it on your did you have them on your podcast yep I sure did so I wrote that down and I emailed them I was serious girl I, I was determined yes you have to be right you you're thinking about it you're making notes and lists all the time you're constantly i sharing ideas with people just to bounce it off them to see if it works and then you're did you have like do you have sketches everywhere because i should have had sketches everywhere i didn't i had you guys (laughs) (laughs) so i didn't have to like do that that much of the work but the design isn't like any anyone else's design but I was able to tell the contractor, this or the designer, this is something that I'm I'm looking, you know, to do. Not this exactly, yeah. but I need to understand that I'm looking to convert a bus into a bookstore, yes. and the bookstore has to be accessible inside. Oh, it's I cannot wait to see what it looks like. I'm so <laughs> pumped for you. Thank you. Thank the you. first time when um when our contractor put the shelves in, and. I went and stood in the truck and I, as I stood in the middle and I was surrounded by shelves, I just bawled my eyes out because all of a sudden to be in the space and to touch it with my hands and to to stand there when it had been in my head and on paper for so long (laughs) was so surreal and unbelievable to me that I just, it was overwhelming. I just lost it. Yeah. I remember when you told me that, um, no, you didn't tell me. You see how how real it feels on your podcast? 
<laughs> when <laughs> you sat on your podcast, um, your husband said, you know, once we, we see this, this truck and you like it, you know, it's happening. Yeah. And I had that, I had that moment with my, my ex-husband, you know, he's a great supporter. Like, how could you not support something like this? But, mm-hmm. um, he went with me to, to get the bus and talk to the guy and things like that. And he's like, okay, now are you ready? <laughs> you take the money and stuff like that. And he's like, okay, so are you ready to go? And I'm like, yes. But it was kind of like that same moment. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, you and I have the same kind of experience there. Yes. Yep. That is that is a big deal when you give the nod, yes, and then you sign on the bottom line, and they hand you the key. Yeah. That is that is all. Like I I remember it, but I felt like I was floating through it. Mm-hmm. Like I remember thinking. Is this really going to happen? I'm I'm sure something will go wrong. I'm sure it won't actually. Oh my gosh, he's actually handing me the key. Oh my gosh, this is really like it was just so. It was so yeah. surreal and otherworldly to me because it, it was just something that I didn't know if I dared, really hope for because I wasn't. I didn't know how to be disappointed with that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, the the grant was a surprise. And I knew exactly what I needed to do with that money. Um, I applied for this one grant maybe four times. And the last time I applied, they responded with, okay, you made it to the next round. Are you still interested? I'm like, yeah. But since I applied for it so many times, Brandy, I didn't realize how much I asked for because they were like different amounts. You can apply for like 5,000, 7,000, 10,000. I don't know. And I'm like, but geez, how much did I apply for? <laughs> and then when I when I received the grant notice to say that the the funds were on its way, it was enough to cover the bus mm-hmm. because I, I I bought it for like way cheaper than it's actually valued for because mm-hmm. the guy just really wanted to get rid of it, and I was able to cover the designer. <laughs> oh, so, what a gift! Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lowe's. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep, Lowe's. But you know what? That's also a testament because you persevered. You could have mm-hmm. said like one, two, even the third time, you know, what? I've done this already. They're not going to give it to me. And you could have, like a lot of people do not keep going, yeah. but you kept Actually, going. It's the fifth round of that grant because I skipped the fourth thinking, I'm tired of answering these questions. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and then the fifth round, people kept asking me, hey, did you did you see this this grant? Then you get the email saying it's open again. I got it like four times from other people, and I'm like, you know what? Let me try again. And then that fourth time, I got it. Wow, good for you! Oh, I'm so glad because Thank honestly, you. it's that kind of thing that you need to just get you to the next great thing. Exactly. And sometimes you do you need that help. You need that that support. You need those people who are going to invest in you and say, okay, you know what? Let's see what you got. And yeah. then you can all of a sudden take a deep breath and do the next awesome thing. The guy, he was trying to sell the bus for a while and he just couldn't sell it. No one was like, you know, I put it off a Craigslist. No one was responding to his ad except for us. <laughs> well, it seemed like you had people who were chasing you down, trying to get the, all he had to do maybe was go to your gas station and people were looking to get that bus. <laughs> That's the strangest thing. And I'm like, 
there was gas in it, so he got the gas from somewhere. And I'm looking at the people trying to buy the bus. Like, this was parked around the corner for months. <laughs> Why do you want it now? <laughs> no, nah, because it was meant for you. That's the whole yes. point is it was right. your bus. You just had to be ready for it at the right time. And yeah. look what happened. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, man, you are going to you are gonna rock that sucker out. It's going to be so great. And people are going to have incredible memories. When they think about bookmobiles or bookshop on wheels in the Bronx, they are only going to think of you. That's it. You are going to be the memory. You are going to be the experience that their kids talk to their kids about. When I was young, there was this bus that came through our neighborhood and we could go inside and get books. That's the story they're going to tell. I get those stories. Do you? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it's, like um, contributing to like a, a legacy of, of that. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. And somebody has to. Right? I mean, yep. it takes a lot of work to create legacy. It doesn't happen by accident. We don't live in a mini series on TV. Real life means you have to do the work. You have to have sleepless nights. You have to persevere. You have to ask the hard questions. You have to redo things. You have to fail sometimes, but you're doing yep. all the things. Yep, all of the things. All, and then you ah. get to reimagine because once you have this concept in your head and you're like, okay, great. It's a school bus. It's just, I, I thought it was going to be a school bus for all this time. And then I decided, well, maybe I shouldn't do a school bus. Not right now because the mechanics on a school bus and like, I just didn't want to deal with the unknown. And I feel yeah. like the shuttle bus, the, the, the whole makeup of the shuttle bus is more closer to an actual car. Yeah. Than an actual school bus. And well, and the parking, thought, the parking of the, the parking. shuttle bus too will be a lot easier. Yes. And I said, you know what? This is just going to be, you know, phase one. You know, we, we start to think because of COVID in phases. So oh, this yeah. is phase one of Bronx Bound Books. <laughs> oh, you know, you are, you are creating such a legacy there. And you are contributing to the literary community in the Bronx in a way that nobody else has done. So when the mm-hmm. city tells a story of the literary history of the Bronx, you have a very significant chapter. Thank you. And you're showing other people what is possible and you are going to inspire them to do things that are grand that maybe are totally out of your wheelhouse, but somebody else is just getting that that itch that they like, oh my gosh, I think I could and their idea could be totally different. But because they see you, they think maybe I can. You're a legacy creator. I hope so because there's room for another bookstore. There's room for many bookstores. I really feel like um just because I'm doing this and there's another bookstore in the Bronx, there needs to be more bookstores. Yeah, <laughs> you know, people want to read, and I think, like I said, every neighborhood deserves a bookstore. And since I can't give every neighborhood a bookstore, I'm just going to come to them. <laughs> <laughs> I I totally hear you. I totally hear you. So. Well, and especially during a pandemic, people are reading. There is no yeah. shortage of people who want to read books right now. They are. They are, and people are only going out for like food and doctor's appointments and the pharmacy going to a bookstore may not be in route you know people are trying to stay closer to home Mm -hmm. now and you are still doing fundraising for the bus right is that correct like on your website are you still doing the campaign yes 
I have a GoFundMe right now for to pay the artist to do the exterior, the mural that will happen outside the bus. Nice. Oh, that's yes. going to be great. Okay, well, I will put a link to that, um, to the GoFundMe page then in my show notes so people can hear this and say, oh, I want to contribute to that. And then they can go online and support that. Yes, thank you. So, I'm, you know, hiring a, a neighborhood artist to, you know, do her beautiful work on the outside. So we're slowly revealing who that is and what's it going to look like and who's going to be involved. And I'm also, uh, since we'll have like the patio tables outside at the farmer's market, I'm commissioning, you know, other arts organizations to customize the tables for us to get them involved and to show people that there's beautiful things that happen in the Bronx, despite of the, the horror stories that some may hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's amazing things happening in the Bronx and amazing people as well. Oh, Very I bet lively. there are. Yeah. We're a creative uh, bunch. Ah, <laughs> uh, I've no doubt. I've no doubt. And everywhere you go, it's just going to make that community better and brighter and they've got something to look forward to and you're just contributing such awesomeness, really. I mean, Latanya, seriously, I can't I can't uh, brag on you enough. I think that this is just remarkable. And I wish I could actually be over there so I could like visit and celebrate it. But <laughs> I, oh, I'm so proud of you. All the things. You have a whole brick and mortar. You're just like doing amazing things as well. Yeah, it's it's sure different now. I tell you, without uh, without having the, the truck. But gosh. Is it going to uh, be back out? No, actually, the truck is no longer. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because this year the licensing for it is more expensive and the insurance is expensive this year. And a lot of the places that I was planning to take it don't necessarily know if they're going to have their events and festivals and activities this year because they didn't make money last year. So those dates are not guaranteed, which means the truck could be parked most of the time. And it's a very mm-hmm. expensive park job. Wow. So it just made sense to say, okay, if we could do the best for our community, what would that look like? And even though we had planned to do the store and the truck, we saw very quickly that every time we were rolling into a community, we were also rolling away from every other community, which meant that people wanted us to have roots so we could actually create some consistency for them and actually mm-hmm. develop a stronger community. So that meant that the truck had to go and we had to focus mostly on the store. Wow. Yeah, quite a change. <laughs> but it all worked yeah. out amazingly. And if it wasn't for the truck, I couldn't have had the store or the community that came with it. So it's it's all just worked out brilliantly. And I'm just kind of in awe of it every day. Aww. Yeah. Was your dream to open up a bookstore originally? Um, like, I, th- I don't know that I had, like, I, I think one of the dreams, of course, everybody would love to, you know, have a bookstore. It's one of the top 10 life goals, apparently for dream jobs. Um, but I don't know that I thought of it separately. I always thought that maybe one day the book truck would grow up and become a bookstore, but I would never abandon the truck. I didn't mm-hmm. know that the pandemic would change things and how the world would, um, affect my business idea because like as you said earlier you have to adapt you have to kind of go with the flow and be flexible so 
I had to respond and say, okay, if it was just the truck, it would probably not make it through this year because Mm -hmm. there's just not enough places to take it. And um, I didn't want to sacrifice the people because that was the whole point of it. This is the readers, the community. But it's um, it's actually turned out really, really well. And the community has loved the bookstore. It's been really, really awesome. So I'm very that's grateful. That's like such a cool vibe in there. Like I, <laughs> I love the tiles, reminiscent of the, the, the truck and the yellow. And I know, yeah. I know you have green here. But... Well, yeah, the green is the same color as the leaf in our logo. Yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's good. People who have been in the truck definitely say that the store feels like the truck, just mm-hmm. a little bit bigger. So that's exactly <laughs> what I was going for to give them that same kind of retro checkerboard floor, colorful, upbeat feel, but not have them feel lost. Like didn't want them to feel overwhelmed in the store. So it's yeah, it's a good balance, I think. And it's I'm, a nice. It looks big. Is it big? Yeah. (laughs) Compared to the truck, totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the store is about 2,200 square feet. So it's, uh, and we're still doing a mixture of new and used. So we're keeping, yeah, we got the nostalgia of the old books and the modern new books, which were very picky which new books we actually put on the shelves because I don't like to have all the fancy publisher recommendation books. Every other store is going to have that. I kind of pick and choose the ones that I think are best suited for our community. And then our store is always different. And I I prefer a lot of backlist titles. I think Mm -hmm. titles that have been around for a while, there is something great about them. If they're still around and people are still wanting to read them, then those are the books that have staying power. A lot of the books are coming out now. Nobody's going to remember or hear about in two years. So mm-hmm. I'm not so concerned about trying to be flashy and new. I want to provide really good reading material for my community. Mm-hmm. So they're not all good. <laughs> some of them are just, some of them I say, just have a really pretty cover, <laughs> but they're yeah. not really necessarily great inside. Yeah. I mean, there's a book out there for everyone, I say. It's true. I know there's a a book that came in that was not in the best condition and it had some nostalgic value. And as I held it, I literally put it to my chest and I was like, oh, this book, (laughs) like this, you know, it's just paper, but it's not. A book is never just paper. It's always inspiration and hope and possibility and wisdom and all the things. That's, that's why books are special. They are. Take us places. <laughs> hmm. And your bus is going to take you places, and you're going yeah. to make a huge difference in the reading lives of so many people. I am so I'm so whooped about this. This is so exciting. <laughs> so, how can people how can people find you, Tanya? Uh, Bronxbound Books on Twitter. I'm not really a Twitter active. <laughs> I'm not active on Twitter, but I, I try to be. Um, Facebook, Bronxbound Books, and Instagram, Bronxbound Books. And um, our website is bronxboundbooks.shop. Awesome. I will put a link to that in the show notes as well so people can go there. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm so grateful to have had this time with you, to hear you, and to, oh, all of it. I love it. I love it all. Thank you. I love it. I'm going to be watching with eager anticipation for all the different stages. Thank you. Thank you for, for being the visual prompt for me to know that this is possible. 
because it's, it's, it's not a concept that everyone gets. But once you find and see, you're like, okay, I'm not crazy. There's someone even crazier because she did it already. <laughs> but I'm following, <laughs> I'm following those footsteps in my own way. And I'm grateful to, to have, have this conversation. Like you, your podcast, I swear you were talking to me. I'm sorry. But <laughs> it's like a really good book. You know how those good books, when you, you finish it and you're like, wow. And you see, like, you feel that sense of, like, you're missing the story yeah. because you finished the book. So that's what I, I, I feel, that realness in, in your podcast, because I've never really spoken to anyone that truly I can resonate with. I know other bookstore owners, and they're amazing, amazing people. They have amazing stores, and they've, they've, they've supported me and, and check in and send emails and text messages to find out if, you know, if I knew about this opportunity or that opportunity, but your podcast really spoke to me in a way that was like kind of parallel. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so mm-hmm. glad. That means a great deal to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly who it was for then. The whole thing was for you. I'm so glad. I'm so, so who glad. Are, who are your listeners? Are, are your customers your listeners and stuff? Well, actually, yeah. So that's kind of funny. I didn't know when I started. I I thought I'm just going to talk to a friend. That was the whole point. I'm just going to look at the microphone and just talk to a friend and see what happens. And then I started getting messages from people. Somebody was in Texas. Somebody was in the UK. um, And then somebody contacted me from Australia. And I think it was not, not Bangladesh, but someplace else. And I, I was like, what is happening right now? And I didn't, I didn't really think that my friend lived in all those places. <laughs> I really didn't, I didn't consider that. And so when I look at the stats on the podcast and I say, oh, you're being listened to, you know, consistently in eight countries. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I, there you go. And so now I just think of the beautiful thing about the Daisy Chain name is that it links people and books and stories together in one big long chain of literary yeah. beauty. And so I think that the chain had just continued kind of around the globe. And if for some reason my podcast resonates with anybody, it's because they either love books, they love people who love the books, or they love the book industry and they just want to have a little glimpse of it. And mm. it's something that we have in common, which is a beautiful thing. But I had no idea what would happen. I just thought, what the heck? And I I don't know anything about podcasting, so I had to learn it all from scratch. I had to watch Maybe. videos and do all the editing and stuff all myself and kind of figure it out and oh my gosh. And run what? a store and figure out how to run a bookmobile. I mean a book truck. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. I don't watch TV. I, I don't have time for TV. I like I read, I do this stuff and I work. That's that's pretty much it. How do you find time to read for for fun? Well, I actually make the time. So I get up really early in the morning. And probably my favorite time of the day is I get up and I go downstairs. And because now it's so freakishly cold, I turn the fireplace on and I make a, a tea latte and I sit down and I will either read or listen to a business podcast and I will just start my day that way. And then when I get into the store, usually I get the store all cleaned up and ready. And I sit in one of the yellow chairs by the window and I read before the store opens. 
So I always try to carve some time out where I'm reading. And then mm-hmm. I listen to audiobooks as I drive to and from work. Yep. Libro so, FM. <laughs> Libro. Oh, man, we love Libro. I thought it was just, just discs, right? That was it. Discs and cassette tapes. And that never interested me. But the whole idea of streaming it and then discovering how many great stories are available and how many great narrators there are opened up a whole different world of storytelling for me. It was really, really lovely talking with you. (laughs) Thank you. It's like a dream come true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so serious. (laughs) I'm so grateful to have had the chance to talk with LaTanya. Her story and her vision is so contagious. I mean, you guys, go to the website, look up Bronx Bound Books at bookshop.org and support her. If you are in the States, if you're in the New York Bronx area, please, please do everything you can to support her and her vision. Because honestly, what is better than the goal of wanting people to read more and getting books into their hands? She's awesome. Thank you, Latanya. Okay, so before we wrap up here, I just want to mention a little bit about the buddy read that we are doing at the store. So right now we have launched our first buddy read, which is The Age of Innocence by Edith Wharton. And buddy reads are just a really fun way to have accountability and read a book together. Even if you're not in the same room, you can all share the experience of going through a book that maybe you wouldn't have chosen, but is still a very interesting read and a good one to discuss. So the stage that we're at right now on our calendar is I think we should be at about chapter 15, chapter 18 for the Age of Innocence. The calendar for the buddy read is on our website at daisychainbook.org. No, (laughs) oh my gosh, daisychainbook.co. And this is a classic book, so it definitely resists the adrenaline, high-paced, suspense kind of story that we are getting so used to in our fiction stories right now. Um, And I think one of the beautiful things about it is that it is a slow paced, easy read where there's an awful lot of descriptives about things like operas and parties and who's there and what they're wearing because It takes place during the golden age of New York. This is a book that won the Pulitzer Prize in 1921. It is it is a refreshing read, actually. Um, so I'll just tell you what Goodreads says is a synopsis for it. This is Newland Archer's world as he prepares to marry the beautiful but conventional May Welland. But when the mysterious Countess Ellen Olenska returns to New York after a disastrous marriage, Archer falls deeply in love with her. Torn between duty and passion, Archer struggles to make a decision that will either courageously define his life or mercilessly destroy it. Dun, dun, dun. It's, um, it's kind of a beautiful book, too, in the way that it's told from the male perspective, which is uncommon for a book of this time. So I really love the fact that Edith Wharton dares to say, I think that very likely there are men out there in these jobs that they don't love, living a life of status and privilege and keeping all the expectations met, and they don't love that either. 
that they want more. They want more substance. They want to have more purpose and more authenticity in their life. But they, like women, are not actually able to say anything about it. So I really, really appreciate that she shines a light on this and she dares ask the question, are you living the life that you want to live? What if somebody came into your high society and dared to ask the question, is this the life you want? And what are you willing to do to get the life that you want? I love it. I think it's really, really great. Scandal is a terrible thing in this in this culture. They would much rather be sick <laughs> and have disease than have scandal. Scandal is the worst. And Countess Alenska comes back, and I think she's on the brink of a divorce, which is unheard of in the golden age of New York. So she is more of a free spirit. She loves art. She loves creativity. She likes to live on the edge a little bit. And she is not that concerned with what other people think of her. This is very, very appealing to Newland Archer, whose life is so wrapped up in all the fine details. You do not get things wrong. You do not step out of line. You do what you're told. And, and then you just prepare to have a marriage that looks the same so that you can teach your kids to do the same thing and goes on and on and on. Monotonous, right? Blah. No passion there. Um, this is a fun book. I'm... I'm into it and I'm really enjoying it. I would love to hear, if you are joining us on this buddy read, I would love to hear from you. Email me, DM me, message me, tell me what your thoughts are in this book. Um, it's, a, it's a good read. It's also something different from what we're normally reading and what's on the popular bestseller list, which, you know, I'm kind of all about that. So this episode of the Bookshop Chronicles has been brought to you by Buddy Reads. Because reading by yourself is great, but reading with a buddy is better. So thank you guys so much for joining me today. And remember, no matter how you serve the world, shine a light of humor, kindness, and compassion in everything you do. Be relevant, be generous, be unforgettable. And may your reading life be extraordinary. Talk to you soon. <laughs>